are live and recording. Bonjour, bonjour. Hey, buddy. Stared Love uh, Story Podcast, XYZ. This is our third episode now. And I think we have, you know, the technician says that lots of people are looking at it, they're listening to it, there's traction. No one had wrote to me yet or wrote to you, I guess. I don't know, but uh, we're pretty reachable. We're not, we're not hiding. We're not uh, especially rich. The steroid coach on the Instagram you can find it easily, so it's very friendly, very reachable. So don't be shy to contact us. Whatever is your question, we're here. And um, our podcast, obviously, sponsored by maybe CBD one day, who knows, whatever. But they we're pretty flexible to alternative thinking. We're kind of not go full illegal drugs, but kind of gray area. I think we're in the, a time of a time that kind of steroids is not a big deal for me. It's like, it's been my everyday life around myself and my network for 20 years. So I don't see the illegality of it. And if it was so illegal, I would not be here talking with you so openly and honestly. So uh, I think it's a grateful gift. And uh, we are sponsored by steroidsource.ca. Yeah. steroidsource.ca indeed thank you steroidsource.ca remember it record it go visit it help us uh, we don't come out yet on Google we kind of come out well, on, uh, on the duck duck go I don't know where. Uh, we have two key phrases right now that are picking up um, the site which is faster than I anticipated because SEOs, anybody out there who knows SEOs knows it's a total... Many, uh, there, there's, no, there's no site with podcasts. We're the only one on earth. Right? True. So it makes us different. We kind of push the boundaries. Our office is going to create war in industry. I know that the virtual world is very tough and rough, but at the same time, but we've been here for 20 years. We're not going anywhere. You know? I was like, I'll stop when I die. I don't know anything else, bro. It's all I know is steroids. I mean, I, I, I can develop a philosophy, theology, and, and play my holistic practitioner with alternative medicine, but at the root core of my heart is it's steroids. There's nothing else. No, I love it, man. I mean, I'm not using it to like for a few years, but you know, it's been a very important time of my life. How about you? Well, people always say, you know, you can start over a new career at any phase in your life. But, uh, you know, I got like myself, exactly. It's, it's pretty much along the lines. I mean, what the hell else am I going to do? I don't have a resume. I don't exist pretty much anywhere. So if I were to get a job anywhere, so it would have to be an inside contact. It could maybe be security. Well, you know, I'm, I'm hired on the spot. You know, don't ask me to bring a resume. It'd be that or work in a supplement store like I did, you know, for a long time, that's more of an improv pay. Um, but the stores in Quebec, though, they're, they're, they're really nice, man. Like the stores around here, they're not like um, places I, I've worked at before. And I think they sell a lot. They must make a lot of commission. But I don't think I'd be employable very well. I'm too used to my own schedule and just. Um, but I think you can. You can. Uh, I think you can buy steroids in almost any store now, or the independent one. That's what I heard. I said, it's it's so not much profit to sell protein. If you don't sell steroids in your store, you will close anyway. That's what I... Yeah, of course. It's mean, very low market and kind of hidden stuff. Yeah, we had pro-hormones back in the day. We used to sell those for $150 each, like for a yeah, bottle. That's what's paying rent, you know? And those pro-hormones were fun, though. They were. They yeah, definitely... Like, 
as fucked up as N1T was, it was amazing. I loved it. I never crashed. I never, you know me? No, I have less libido now, but I never once in my life really crashed my HPTA. I got sick as hell. Yeah. But you know, to say like my HPTA, my balls are tiny, uh, <laughs> workout and stuff. Bro, I did cycle like three, four grams. I never, I did triperolin a couple of times because I was trying to aim to have baby and stuff. And it took me forever. But beside that, I, n- I never did PCT. No. I don't know if I'm lucky or what, but you know, we both know I've been on since like about 10 years straight, pretty much, besides the five week break that I took about five weeks ago. And my balls never shrunk. I have, but my right ball was always a bit smaller. And I've asked a few girls to like feel them and tell me, like, listen, how is this compared to normal? And they didn't really have much to say in terms of shock like them be oh they're small that's weird i don't think they care though i mean as long as you can fuck you know yeah yeah, yeah. them come i think that's i don't know me some guys they go like oh my ballers are tiny because i used to suffer it made me it it affect my self-esteem it's like (laughs) you know it's like maybe the size of your cock you know or the width of it or whatever that i could understand but you know no one can go start you know it's like But you know when you go to fertility center, you do, you do, they really touch your balls. They put gloves and they, okay, yeah. you know, they touch it, see if there's nothing. Yeah. But you know, of course, they're full size. It's kind of feel cool, but I don't me, I didn't care. Raising brand. Now listen, I guess if it really bothered you, you can do HCG uh, during your. Not like HCG. You know what they do now? I can't wait to have uh, the CanLab guys going to come from Peptide. Okay. 31st and 40. It's Kiss Peptide. It's a new kind of LH, HPTA drugs. It's okay. kind of the ATG, but it elevates free testosterone, even some testosterone, LH, HPTA, blah, 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 the entire system, no aromatization. So it's because tryptorelin, if you do too much, it could be castration. Of course, it's crazy. I would not use tryptorelin ever unless you're like, you know, two gram of test for like an entire year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, kiss peptide is really like, I think right now the most promising drug for a PCT, and even you can use it on cycle. You can use it. Maybe I, I extrapolate too much, but almost year basis or like you know all the time, and it's pretty much affordable from what I heard. And uh, only Cadlam in Canada have it. Or if there's a distributor, only two, three in the world. It's very, very, very new. So uh, I'm gonna order it, try it, and uh, let you know how it went. And if I, if uh, CanLab send me extra sample, which kind of promise, I'll send it to you, and then we can do a. I don't know. I think that most pharmaceutical company within a year or three right now will be in the U.S. There will, there will be this kind of an ending monetization of China as we know it. And yeah. I, that's why we have that kind of virus stuff going on. I know we wanted to talk about the virus because it's true. We forgot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an overwhelming uh, processing emotionally, I guess, because, you know, human are not made for isolation and human are not made for long term for solitude. That's almost like jail. I thought about that. 
you yeah. know, gym. Like I'm, I'm training in my place and I'm like, it's kind of like the routine of someone who's in jail. Like I get up, I'm, I switch rooms, obviously, but you're, you're stuck and you're confined more or less. I mean, you can go to the grocery store, but not that it's a pleasant experience. It's a very odd vibe. I was there today, bro. And um, the lineup for the cash was ultra crazy. Like you're to the back of the store almost, you know? And there's, there's, which there's, technically is too many people. Uh, yeah, well, every, I think everybody fears there's not going to be food next week, you know. So everyone's buying three times the amount. Well, what I happened? Think I, I think this uh, this fear, as nonsensical as it means, it kind of it kind of makes sense because the thing is, let's say if military goes in the street, then the food will be very like. Eesh, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think about that either. But the thing is. You know, it's power to the public and it's power to the citizen because even if you have soldier, you'll have 65,000 soldier against 33 million citizen. So even if you have a tank or a gun or whatever, you, you, cannot, you cannot win. It's impossible. Well, uh, like I said, let's hope it doesn't get there. That's very. No, no. We've seen what's happened in Hong Kong. They're they're numerous. They're they're not giving up. They coordinate very well. Um, but they, you know, in Hong Kong, they give. I think it was ten thousand, ten thousand dollars. I don't know if it's a U.S. or Canadian uh, equivalent, but they give about ten thousand in every citizen in Hong Kong. That's related. For the whole thing? For the whole citizen of Hong Kong. I don't know how many millions they are, but 10,000 each. But they were in isolation for, I don't know, I'm extrapolating now, but around six, seven weeks. So it's about 1,500 a week. Okay. But I think something, you know, if they give me like 1,500 to stay home, I was like, yeah, it's not ideal, but I'm okay to pay rent and, and food and bills somehow. Toronto is so expensive, it's crazy. But um, what I want to say about the virus is you should not wear a mask because if you get sick, the bacterial proliferation will enhance and make you even more sick. So a mask could be great for others, but for you it could be very risky, especially if you have the bad type of COVID and you wear a mask. You'll go and, and, and help really fast. <laughs> not a good well, idea. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't. There's not many cases though here yet of young people getting it, being in trouble. No, so no. That relieves me a lot, but I feel horrible, man, for people like old people right now. And I, I've checked around my building, and actually, the person I would have helped, he died not long ago. <laughs> um, yeah. I would have definitely offered, uh, do you need any groceries and stuff like that? The guy can barely walk. But other than that, like people around here, we're all pretty much able and capable. But uh, we really are at the mercy of um, what they can do for us right now. We're just hoping that they can come up with a solution. But the thing is, you know, I look at stuff. Okay, so 287,000 people die in Canada a year. If we lose the same population ratio of Wuhan, it's 1.4. But 1.4 of people that were sick, 1.4% of the population that got sick die. So if all Canadian has the COVID-19, that's half a million people. Well, all Canadians, that's... 
that's probably not going to happen. No, oh, but you know, if you look at the dramatic tone of it, and you know, the thing is, are we too much on earth? Is that just nature? You know, of course, there's a, you know, of course, the tension went up when Hong Kong wanted to keep the British colony contract and the Chinese communism, they say, no, you're going to come communism. So they say, you know what, fuck you. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. And how you can really affect, destroy, or weaken the Chinese communism, it's, it's almost impossible. So a virus will make sense. And it happens exactly where the production of pharmaceutical clothes, uh, computer from from the world, the exact place there's the most production was in Wuhan. And that's exactly where the virus happened. It's a very strange, you know, it's a very strange. Why it was not somewhere else in China with you know the amount of population they have? Why why it was there? It's kind of almost bizarre. Oh, speaking of um, overpopulation, I mean, uh, too far, bro. Okay, I just put the uh, the laptop over me. That probably cut it off. You know, is the world overpopulated? You ask. I'd have to say yes and no because in certain areas, obviously, there's just too many fucking people. You know, like look at look at China and look at look at the apartments. You've probably seen the the, the, the videos on YouTube and how they live, and it's, it's not even real apartments. I mean, they're sleeping almost next to their toilet. It, it, Humans are meant to live, live like that. Even the way they live before the lockdown is not a fucking way to live. So I'm just going to hope for them it brings them, I don't know, better ways of living when it's all said and done, you know? It's not fair. It's going to change for everyone, bro. I think the, let's say, the economy as we know it will change. The internal relationship will change. The politics will change. Uh, artificial intelligence might take over more. It's get already getting kind of scary, man. You seen those robots on YouTube? <laughs> they, they can play guitar and everything, man. It's it's really crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. Uh, it depends on which end it is, you know. But uh, yeah, okay. there you go. So that was our virus uh, section. So let's go back to the roots of uh, the following the last show. So we last show what we did is we talk about. Most oral steroids, oral, the most well-known, yeah. not, not too exotic, but the most common one because yeah. we cater to the bro-logic uh, people of our industry and uh, we're not doctors. So, um, and now I wanted to talk about mixing oral all together type cycle, you know, because some people, they're kind of against injection and they... No, I, I think injection is actually a, a good way to bypass like the, the stomach microbiome and the biochemistry of the stomach and the, maybe the hepatic function of the liver and stuff. So injection has some kind of a beneficial in terms of health, even though it could be unethical, you know, to pierce your fascia and that kind of, it could, it could have a symbol of, of, of pain or whatever, but uh, for me, uh, as a bodybuilder, I didn't have any problem with injection. I almost did injection every day for many, many years. And you know what I what I what I'll say is, 
after a few years, you you almost absent absent minded, and you do it too quick, too fast. You inject, you kind of rush things. And I thought that was a bit dumb, especially with trend. Trend has to be slow, <laughs> slow pace in your legs. You come one minute, you go slow. There's no long contraction. That was okay and stuff. So anyhow, we'll talk to we'll talk nowadays to only oral cycle, which oh. is not. The best, but it still worked, you know. Oh, yeah. I usually find the person who's going to be most prone to that is someone who's never ever done steroids before, who doesn't know anything about them. You know, you're yeah, going to tell them introduction. Yeah. Like, listen, my first cycle, uh, I never, I never really counted this, but it was like uh, four D ball, five milligrams each a day for like three weeks or something like that. Like, but I really felt bad. Like I was cheating, you know, I, um, I didn't take a needle to make me feel bad. I just, um, always swore I would never do it, you know, but I guess I got to a point where, you know, being natural was just so expensive and just not seeing changes. And I remember that working very fast. I mean, geez, I was adding and doing pull-ups and I was adding weight and, uh, you know, I was a bit stronger on every exercise and a bit more reps off just that. So, and it's fast acting, you know, beginners, they want their shit quick, you know, like, yeah, well, yeah. So, so, <laughs> you know, like when it comes to plasma, testosterone, and when it comes to injection, it could take five, six, even seven weeks, depends what kind of ester you're using. But it's true that, you know, either a front load or oral could almost work right away, especially for an experienced bodybuilder. They would yeah. have that kind of a chemical responsiveness almost immediately. And it's like, and me, I remember at the end, I, you could give me one stroll, D-ball, Anavar, and I could almost say, okay, this is what I took, this is how much I took. I knew exactly the feeling of what difference. It was like, there is this kind of cognitive awareness. Yep. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, they all put my appetite to shits now, so I don't even dare try anything no. but D-ball. You know, oral is made for younger, mid There you go. Invincible, someone yeah. that doesn't drink, someone that doesn't party, someone that doesn't yeah. take GHB and stuff. Mixing all that's pretty stupid, even though I did it. But I don't advise anyone to do that crap. But uh, what I did like, and I, I, I still sometimes do it, but I mean, as an advisor, is I, I advise people to do a cycle of win the ball, turn ball, or win the ball, anavar. Or turnable var proviron, and you know that kind of a tree. You know, let's say you have eight meal a day, and you take uh, six tab a day, and six meal would come with one tab. So you'll do yeah. ball one meal, another one meal, turnable one meal for being you know, kind of a beginner ish, and you know it gives maybe uh, you know hundred twenty ish milligram a day. That will work. Pretty cool, and they're a little different and stuff. And it gives a good kick, you know, it's because you do D-ball with win and let's say Turina ball or Turina ball is very similar to, to D-ball. So maybe yeah, Anavar, Proviron and, and D-ball, it's that cycle that you gain a lot of water weight. It'll keep, you know, unless you eat shit, but you keep kind of, you know, 85% clean and you do oral and you kind of nourish your stomach. I think it's pretty good. 
Yeah, most cycles are nice. Um, on the opposite end, though, what sucks is that, you know, the gains go away so quickly. <laughs> it's yeah, so no, very, no, no. That's why, you know, normally we combine them. That's, with, why, that's, why, that's why it's like almost like once you advance and once you have decent mass gain, it's almost like oral are always working, but it's kind of a contest drugs look. It's like how I can look that crispness, that look, that detail, that deep assertion, look hardness and stuff. And you know it's temporary, but kind of bring the body that it looks in low body fat condition. Indeed, the good look it's going to give, or you can even, you know, just give it like a three-week pulse during your cycle where you say, okay, the next three weeks in my life, I know that, okay, I don't have to work too much. I can really focus on this. And then you can add some orals in to give you a nice bump for your trainings, you know, during that period. Then you can stop them and recontinue, you know. Always gives you a type of um, linear gain or try to, you know, <laughs> the more advanced yeah. you are, that theory goes out the window pretty quickly. Um, but uh, they definitely have their place. And part of part of the appeal, I think, is, you know, you're taking something, you know, especially for a beginner. It's like they... Yeah, it's like a ritual, yeah. Oh, God, I think when they take that pill, they're, they're really ready to kick ass. And I, it was the same for me, man. I mean, I used to carry those in like a little container and... Uh, you know, you're at work and you take that pill and like no one knows you're taking the steroid. It's kind of fun, you know, <laughs> and um, the mood that they give, you know, there, there's a, there's a boosting mood, obviously. With them. It's not psychological. I think D-ball, we all know about yeah. the effects. Winstraw just makes me feel like total garbage. Man. Really yeah, yeah. Winstraw is the harshest one. And I find that people that abuse a lot of Winstraw in their later career, they kind of, kind of join pain. And, of course. And it's like, oh, yeah, you were lean for a long time, but using Winstraw and now your joints are crap. Was it worth it? I don't think so. So, you know, D-ball over time, your metric goes too up too high and you have to stop. So, you know, the Debo tell you, okay, this is enough. Anavar, Turnable is very soft in regard. I would say I could use this all, my entire life would be fine. But uh, Anavar eventually kind of could disturb the stomach. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you do, uh, you know, this is what I was doing. Me, It's a bit old school, logic, whatever. I was doing fiber. I was doing, I was taking pills and I was chewing them and uh, maybe not so lingual, but I did chew it. And I was taking with olive oil, which is not really good. Uh. Kind of a protective, you know, you know, on the stomach. And uh, it was more soothing with pre and probiotic or inulin. Okay, yeah, that I would do, yeah. starch and stuff. So there's kind of a, you know, you can't. You know, probiotic are pretty expensive, but you have multi-strain. You might they were man. I was there was there was there's some kind of pseudo science behind it, but uh, less talked about though. No, remember there was a hot topic for a long time, and I was buying those what those little cups at the pharmacy in the fridge there. The bio K, yeah, 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 yeah. Bio oh man, per month. How much was that per month? Like fifty bucks or something? Yeah, yeah, that's, that was. That's it's not cheap, man. <laughs> not cheap. But uh, you know, let's say if I'm starting my style, let's say I'm a little bit melancholia, I'm a bit sad and stuff. Yeah, I don't like five HTP, so probiotic. The, there's a, there's a mood enhancer, but it could be all placebo and crap, whatever. But. Uh, yeah, those are, the, those are the type of oral cycle I like for men. For girls, would be 
Winstrol, 20 days, Ironidex, every other day, maybe 500 micrograms, depends what kind of skin thinness, thickness she got. I like uh, LGD, the SARMs. I find it has some very crispness to it. Primo tabs, hard to find. It's not in the, the catalog, but anyhow, some people have it. Um, and uh, Proviron, Proviron around 10 milligram. That would be a great, very like kind of figure shish cycle. You know, see, she's small, then I will pop some kind of cool hormone. She can afford it. I was going to say, you got to have GH in there. Yeah. 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 For, especially for girls. And the thing is, what's great is if the girls get pharmaceutical GH, of course, it will cost her much, but because she doesn't need that much units, it kind of get into a very affordable. Well, yeah, I was about to say, like everything else they're using is so cheap anyway. Like their whole yeah, lasts forever. You know, so it, free, it frees up. There is this girl, me, I give her, uh, she was CrossFit and she was, you know, first with CrossFit, most CrossFit are sanctions or their tests. So she had to stop Primogolan five days before. They're tested. Um, Those girls don't look drug free at all to me, man. They're, no, they're, but the thing is, the thing is, if you play wisely with uh, half life, short life, and you 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 play within rounds. So, if the girl she does like I don't know twenty milligram probe three weeks out of the test, I really doubt it would be. But uh, I'm surprised to see the the amount of muscle and abs and on these girls, who on average I think have more muscle mass than your average gym rat these days. I'm talking guys, you know, yeah. at the high level CrossFit and everything that they do. Never thought we'd be talking about CrossFit on the show, but you got to pay respect to them for what they can do. I watched the world championships, the world, the CrossFit Reebok championships, and the, the whole contest is hours and hours and hours of walking on your hands. Then they got to carry shit. Then they got to climb over stuff. Like, they they deserve the like. There's a two hundred fifty thousand dollar cash prize for for first prize on that. Yeah, it's popular. Man. But their body must wow, man. Seriously, um, I'm surprised it's lasted this long because we used to all say, "Oh, these idiots! Look at the pull-ups they're doing." But maybe we were wrong on that because they seem to be lasting. You know. But I think that what I understood. I talked about. I talked to a few like CRISPR, CrossFit people, and it's more like. They're not like bodybuilding where we kind of execute with neural connection, mind-muscle connection. They're more into trends. They kind of, they're not really into their body. What I mean is they're kind of outside and it's what you do, you do, you do, you do. And it's just like a, it's more like a flow. It's more like a rhythm and you have to be at maybe 60, 65% for a very long time. You know, it's not like bodybuilder that will give you, I kill my set. I go to failure, beyond pain, blah, blah, blah. You know, if you, if you work with too much intensity, precision, mind-muscle connection, and, and radical investment, like a bodybuilder, CrossFit will not last. Well, that's what I understand, is that how do they do it? They're making me feel like a pussy in a sense, because, you know, I'll do, to me, eight sets is a lot for biceps or triceps or whatever body part. Eight well, you're kind of an hyper-responder, too. Say you kind of... Uh, I don't know, man. It took me a long time. Like, sometimes I wonder, how did I not give up? Because 
despite being a lot stronger than everybody else, I mean, it, uh, some people saw him, but for some people, unless you're... Yeah, once, once you start testosterone, that's going to sound crazy, but it's like almost like a, a symbolic sacred contract for life. <laughs> well, if, if you inject testosterone in your body, the fact that you're... The ratio that you'll be on testosterone for the rest of your life is pretty high. So... Mm-hmm. If someone is a beginner and you say, you're going to use testosterone, are you aware that you could be on it for your entire life? Consider it seriously. I mean, I have nothing against. I, I love it. I did it. I, I, maybe I'll do ART next year, whatever. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty serious decision. At least it's not a decision like thyroid function, you know? Someone that doesn't do his blood test, doesn't look at TSH and uh, T3, T4, uh, what's what's the other one, reverse reverse thyroid function? What is it? It's, uh, don't know. I don't remember. But the kids start too late now, and uh, they can, they don't have enough, I don't want to rant on this too long, but if you don't have a good decent base or something like that, you're never going to be able to feel good training natural again because you never got the vibe going in the first place. So you don't even know what it is. All you ever knew was this incredible, like let's just admit it, the pump is much easier to get when you're... But when you're you uh, have to consider that we're in a generation that now most people are magnesium deficient. Most right, people yeah, have... Sleep deficient. <laughs> if they're really, yeah, it's like... Badly. Last, there's uh, there's like almost like a I would not say universal, but there's there's kind of a a lower testosterone when the kids is young, is like 19, 20, he looks he looks at his libido and he looks at his stamina and willpower, it's like, do I miss some kind of testosterone? And then when he does testosterone, there's this kind of inhibition, there's expression, he has more like, you know, he wants to tune into his corporate power, he wants to accomplish stuff. So maybe it was, you know. I consider myself, if I look back before I did testosterone, I think my testosterone was low. I was low. I don't think I had low tests because I was able Not to... Not you, but me. Yeah, I was able to do very good lifts, uh, natural, but but then again, my gym environment, man, like these were all guys who were benching three, four plates and for reps, squatting three, four, five plates for reps, which meant that at the age of 18, yeah, I was squatting three and a half plates for decent reps and deadlifting, probably close to four because when you got into the gym, I was the youngest guy there too. Like, and you just felt that, you know, I got to do this too. And you look around now, there's not many people doing that. Like, okay, I'm probably going to confess our form. Like when I used to squat four plates was not a one, you know, <laughs> I probably leaned over quite a bit and uh, probably wasn't all the textbook, but Hey, it worked, you know, it worked. And it, and it created a work ethic that I just don't see replicated much. You know, I, I have, I have, I have a, sorry, I cut you off to finish your sentence. No, that was pretty much it. You know, I, uh, I, I remember I was like uh, in my crazy years. I had the Cavalli pants. I think it was a gift. It was like maybe the pants were like $1,200. Pants? I was Cavalli jeans pants. And I was going at the gym. And I, I, I like to be dressed well at the gym. I, and yes. I got $1,000. 
pants. And it was the first time that someone gave me pants that was so expensive. And I go to the gym and I squat with them. And, you know, they, they last me uh, almost like two years before they ripped. And when they ripped, they ripped from the, the bottom, to, you know. I was almost shy to leave the gym. I had to take my shirt off and have my kind of a kangaroo and hide my hole that was like all over the place. It was very funny. I think you're lucky they lasted that long, man. Sir. I don't know how you trained in jeans, though. I used to see videos of you in the gym in jeans, and I'd be like, it looks so uncomfortable. I used to always train in shorts or a jogging pants. Uh, I did love it. I think it was the fact that I maybe I had an autism spectrum disorder uh, history to me, but the fact that it was very tight and, and it, it fell in body. And uh, I think I went into bodybuilding to connect to my body. There was this kind of ritual and embodiment. And once, once I became a pretty decent bodybuilder, I was just in gym. But the problem is when I went in gym wear, it's like I'm still in gym wear. It's like I have nice clothes. I never wear them. I'm like, I don't, I <laughs> it's so easy and convenient to. It's like it's, it's very like lazy for my part. You know, my girlfriend she's seen me in gym wear, and I'm. I'm ah, like, I feel hard. You open up my, 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 my closet and now it wasn't, it's been like this for too long, but all I have is like probably 10 pairs of jogging pants that, you know, I routinely wear almost every day and I have to force myself to once in a while and say, Jesus Christ, man, put a pair of jeans on. Yeah. And I, I put on some jeans there like last week or something. I was like, ah, it feels like I'm wearing tights because, but they're very comfortable. These, these, and they look tight, but they're very comfortable. But it just goes to show like how I'm getting way too accustomed. I don't, I don't even have a suit anymore. I haven't worn a suit since I was in security. And I only wore that suit because it's in a dark club. You know, that's not, I couldn't wear it to a restaurant. If I had like an important, like a dance event to go with a lady, let's just say, I wouldn't have a suit. You know? Yeah. I was, yeah. Well, I have a suit, but the, it's from my graduation. and the. Fa but hey, fashion comes back, so I'm going to keep it. <laughs> and maybe I could be okay, like, so let's go back to uh, uh, what would be your triangle or quadrant of uh, oral cycle for you okay um, non-injectable non type cycle for you okay for okay. men and women intermediate I would say D-ball was definitely going to be in there D-ball, ball I'm not sure if this is what you said. <laughs> I'm going to leave, um, I'm going to leave, uh, what's the, the toxic one there? <laughs> Wind straw out. And uh, I'm probably just going to leave it to two. Uh, it's going to be D-ball, ball and uh, Remedix. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just take higher doses of each. Yeah. That would be it. For women, I am very aware of the, um, it's the opposite. I would definitely put in wind tabs. I would not put in D-ball. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. A, a little bit of a Turina ball and yeah, definitely an anti-remedies. But the thing is, you know, when, when let's say you advise wind tab for a girl, you know, the maximum she could do a year would be like two cycles of three weeks. You know? It's so little. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They want to keep like 40 days a year of winstrol. I mean, it's not what's going to turn you in there. It's just like it has an edge, and it has an edge on not every woman. It's like you get a steroid that works, you keep it. 
You know, it's not like a guy that he has to keep hiding up and, and, and pushing drugs and pushing insulin, GH, and YK, and 1GF, and, you know, doing those crazy cocktails. A girl, you know, it's like one strong work, keep it. That's yeah, it is. It does get boring. You, 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 there's no, there's no, you know, you, if you had the winning formula, you know, it's like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. are pretty complex. Primo tabs. I left out Primo tabs. I'm so, I'm so not used to it to, to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> primo tabs, definitely. But for the guy, maybe two. Or maybe add Primo tabs in there as a third one, maybe, if they can afford it, whatever. If the, depends how they look to, you know. Maybe yeah. save it for the end when they really need it. Hopefully they respond better to it at that given moment. Yeah. Definitely more choices than injects, though. I think that's the next topic. It's the next topic. We're going to talk to the king, the king of testosterone. I think that would be the, po the podcast title. Well, the hey, king uh, of testosterone. It is. The testosterone is. king. Go, go, go. So um, it's such a wide subject. Where do we start? I think we start by... Uh, Go ahead. I was off it for five weeks, you know, like I said, and I was starting to feel a difference at the end there. Um, I was planning on trying to maybe go off of it, stay off of it, but, you know, is it realistic to actually come off after 10 years after and not suffer a lot? Like, I don't want to suffer, obviously, you know, and even though we're in, we're stuck inside right now, I'm still keeping the cycle going because I have long esters, you know, using T400. I mean, before you're really off, it's going to take a hell of a long time. So you might as well continue the show. So it's always going to be test, yeah. Um, test prop, I have a bit of a pet peeve for it, I guess, because it, they just feel full of piss and vinegar, you know, when I'm on it. And maybe a flashback to my first cycle. There's always that, uh, that psychological, um, how can I say, favoring of it, you know? Mm. But I'll, I'll, um, I'll, uh, the thing is, like, let's be realistic. The syringe gets filled up pretty quickly. <laughs> test prop it has its limitations being you know 100 milligrams per ml so i would just use it into a blast of when i like it for my example earlier let's just say i i uh, i know the next four weeks i've been training at for the previous weeks at a certain level where i'm saving it for the blast and i'll add it to it and definitely see a big difference you know i mean 200 milligrams pre-workout has a huge impact if you want to go that route you know it's also going to boost up. You, if you do five, 200 milligram pro pre-workout, do you feel at the workout yeah. that quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, it's weird me. I feel it maybe more the day after. No possible. But at that point, you know, you're going to – I probably train every other day. So I'm going to be – I would do a shot every other day. So and, – and under that philosophy, it would end up, you know, tapering out and leveling out, and you'd feel it pretty much most of the time, you know. But I did – find that during the workout I was definitely much hotter you know I was sweating more you know wow. that's a sign okay so you start you start let's talk about off well me I've been uh, younger I did one year on one year off one year on one year off and I never really struggled to be off and stopping right away cold turkey I didn't care there's this kind of a, I have naturally, maybe my mom, I have some kind of a inherent enthusiasm to life. So, you know, if I feel melancholic or sad, I will kind of express it in my, in my poetry, in my writing. I was kind of scrapped the, the crap out of me. 
uh, and had never had problems going off. Even when I went hardcore, like completely insane, I went completely off. And it was almost like a relief. You know, when you abuse, abuse, abuse. I hit my threshold. I hit the threshold that it was like, okay, now my health is in danger. I don't feel good and I'm done. And it was almost like a relief. And, uh, you know, if I would say I use testosterone next week, I would use uh, 20 units. I would use 20 milligrams of pro and uh, maybe it was placebo, but in my mind, I would still feel it. Every day? Uh, yeah, maybe if I feel hardcore, but that would be the most highest I could go. But uh, I never had a problem. What I want to say is for me, and I'm sure there's a lot of people like that on or off makes no difference. For me, I'm not I'm not as body dysmorphic as I was. Of course, when I was competing, I tried to be the biggest I could. Did I reach the size that I wanted? No, but it was more like there's an ego trip in bodybuilding. It's like this is what your full genetic can do, and you accomplish that, and you should be proud of it. And the thing is, was it proud of myself at that moment? Probably not. But if I look retrospectively now, I say, oh, my God, I was in shape there. I was in shape Always there. like that, though. There. You can never appreciate the present. You know, whenever I take a picture of myself, I'm like, fuck, I, I don't want to post it. I'm never happy. But when I look at old pictures of myself sometimes, I'm like, Jesus, like, couldn't I have walked around with more of a sense of pride? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. I, used to long. I think I see that on the first show. It's like, if I look at 20 years of my career bodybuilding, I was completely of my shape about seven seconds. <laughs> and I'm not even a perfectionist. I don't even have body dysmorphia. But it's just like, okay, man, you have the, the fullness, the hardness, the vascularity, the detail, the, the small ways, the size, the pump. The, it was like perfect. And my God, you're not on stage. You're in your own bathroom alone. I think that happens to the majority of people, you know. It's a... Those guys who nail it, uh, it's somewhat fluke, somewhat strategy, and then, you know, the coach gets all the, the credit. <laughs> it's so tough. It's so the different style of testosterone. What do you want to say? Well, um, oh, that's okay. Well, different style of test. I mean, um, I think for, mo for most people, the first question they, that they have is, how, how often am I going to have to inject it? Yeah, and I, then, I hate that question. It's so pussycat. Well, inject every day, man. Well, here's the thing: you short Esther inject every day. Well, whether you like to inject every day or not, at some point in time, your weekly doses are going to be so high that even though you have long esters, which you could let's say technically do in two shots twice a week, you're not going to feel good doing that. You know. You're going to want to split them up. But let's say, you know, let's say an example. Let's say Masteron and Intake, Masteron Pro. You know, Masteron is a pretty aggressive drug. You know, if you go to the gym, you're wild, you go, and then you relax and you chill, and it's kind of getting out of your body within like, you know, it's staying your technically in your body with the half-life, but I mean, semantically, physically speaking, it's kind of out in 16 hours. Do you really want to be master and intake on five days straight? Oh, I've never had that issue on master on man, and I've ran it up to six hundred milligrams a week, and I, I feel normal on it. I've never had that uh, that issue. 
I don't know. Maybe it's you know. I feel I feel like I'm a bar. I feel like I'm I'm like metal. I mean, of course I'm hard, and of course it can fall, but it's it it doesn't feel good. It feels almost like stress. Well, I, I like it. I just find that compared to, let's say, Trend, which I've only tried twice, I just couldn't hack it. I find that it delivers results relatively quickly. And I just found that it was a nice choice because mentally, you know, you didn't have that, uh, the rage and the, the darkness that the Trend brings and all the other issues of being too hot and uh, not sleeping properly. And the only time you feel good is when you train. You know, that, that to me is like you're constantly living side effects. And I do this for effects, not side effects. That's something that I've never forgotten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The next there's kids, and there's some kids, the young kids, they go like, oh, if I don't feel side effect, that's mean the stuff, it's not good. That's such a, that's such a weird, that's such a weird thinking. I was like, man, you want positive effect? You want to look at your mirror? You know, it's like one time a friend of mine, I was about to say his name, his name he goes like oh you know I'm taking steroids I don't think they work and I look at him I say are you kidding me bro you're like 227 completely shred full ripped your chest has rope look at your picture and you can look like that natural it's impossible my natural is 167 if you look at my steroids, it doesn't work, I grow. It's like, no, it's time for you that when you completely disconnect the reality, you go off of wow, and then you come back on earth, and then you say, oh my God, wow, I was gone a bit. And you knew you abuse of your body. And, and, and I, find that, I find that if you stop taking steroids for a year and you do another cycle, then you realize how strong it is. Because you do it. doing, 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 eventually it doesn't work. I mean, unless you have insulin or GH, you know, this is like 5'9", 230, 235, 240, lean, probably the max you can do on steroids, unless you're a freak. You I think it's addiction like that, then. You would, need, you would need like GH and insulin. Well, if, you know, like you're saying, I mean, um, you get to a certain point and you take a one year break because it's not working anymore. Well, if you continue and it's not working anymore, do you consider that addiction at that point? Mm, that's a, that's a good question. I think, I think that's going to be my holistic practitioner behind addiction. There's wound and there's pain and there's trauma. And I think that most bodybuilder are, trauma-oriented, they find the virtue of being the biggest guy they can do. It's almost kind of a playing with insecurity, lack of self-esteem, lack of lack, lack of self-worth. But, but who doesn't have that? Training for 10 years. I want to cut you off, bro. But I think bodybuilders would get way too much shit for the, oh, you have low self-esteem, but who doesn't? You know, it's not just bodybuilders. So we, it's, it's just normal to want to change your body because is, is it normal to like your body as it is? For me, it's just, that, will, that can never happen, that type of acceptance, you know? I always wanted to be the opposite of what I am. It's weird. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think there's a, there's a time and age, you know, like when I yeah. look at, let's say I look at Instagram and I look at the, you know, a beautiful man that has a beautiful shape and abs and stuff. And I look at him and I'd say, I'm happy for him. 
But I said, I done it. I done it too. I mean, I I almost walk in, uh, in tanked up in winter showing my body. <laughs> but here's the thing. Those are Instagram pics. How many people in the actual gym do you see that are 60% range of these pictures? You know, huh. yes, I, I see a lot. in the world, you know, that really stands out like, Wow, the wall factor. But uh, I, I think I had a certain wall factor when I was young. But what I mean by that is like, if you play the flashy body, I want to sell my body, I want to expose my body, and you do it between 20, 26, yeah. that's okay. If you yeah. do it after 26, but it makes you make money with it or you have yeah. some kind of thing, then I could understand why you extrapolate on time. Yeah. But if you're just an hardcore bodybuilder and you still expose your body on Instagram, after 27.30, I find it's a bit immature. I'm not judging, but I think for me, it's like, eh, you're a bit old now. Let's look the upcoming kid. And I think that's what bodybuilding is. It's like everyone has a three, four years of fame, and then they kind of disappear and someone else coming, you know? Yeah, but you look at all these guys who just can't let go. Like, look at the, 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 the last um, Arnold, like Johnny Jackson. Like, what is he thinking? coming back at his age. I mean, is this just to put himself out there and be talked about for maybe to get business on Instagram? I think it's income. I think it's kind of a safety net. I think maybe it's create some kind of attraction of crowd and public. There's, there's kind of a money. He's got to gain something out of it because he can't spend all that money on the prep and, you know, be left in the dark after. There has to be some sort of, you know, sponsor behind the doors who's helping him out because it just doesn't make sense. Like Victor Martinez also, like he... Yeah, he it off, yeah, yeah. But it's just weird because we're just talking about Instagram and I saw some Instagram pictures of him like soon before the show and I was like, God damn, like, wow, I'm so happy because <laughs> I like to see Victor do well. I, yeah, just, yeah. I, I always like to shape and... um. He's a bit of a party guy, I guess. And I always, I always root for Victor. I always thought he looked like a cool guy. But, you know, in the beginning of our show, we talked about this is all we know. We don't want to do anything else. So put yourself in a guy at that level. How do you let go? You know, it must be really hard. It must be hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be most, the, the one thing that makes... But me, I would have no problem to let go if I was a pro because it's too extreme and uh, I'm not at I'm willing to die, but maybe not for bodybuilding. We all say that. I say that now, but I remember at 30, I would, I would do anything to be the biggest guy, even if it makes my life at risk. I didn't give it far. Yeah, you took it far. But yeah. we all say that I'm willing to die until something actually happens, you know, until that one day our knee hits the floor and we're like, you know, that, 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 that time I took um, caber, empty stomach, it wasn't Caber, it was um, the product there that we had, the Pergomax. I took that empty stomach, and I'm always giving people shit for not reading instructions. And here I am, super empty stomach. You take the one drug that you're supposed to take with food, after food. I thought I was going to fucking die, man. And I called somebody not far from me. I said, get over here right now. I said, I'm going to, something's going to happen. Both my arms were numb, shaking. Part of my head. That was, was, that, was a, that was a caber form. It was made by Eno, Eno Vegin. 
Yes, I didn't want to say the name, but the, the, uh, it was Pergomax, and that's the last time I ever take a substitute. No name. strong too, man. I didn't know you were taking it because uh, I would not touch it because it kind of bring your blood pressure a bit high, and if you're not a young invincible, just yeah. Shit. You know? Well, hey, at least I have user feedback. I can warn people about But I wonder how it would have been if I were taking it with food the way I should have. And I was very empty stomach. I was like, oh, it's going to work faster. I don't know what I was thinking. When I Googled it and found out, I was like... How long is the half-life of that, you know? Uh, Pergomax? I don't know. But what I read on Pergomax was that production was... Pergolid something. It was, it was well, it said Pergo Max on the on the thing, but yeah, but it's Pergo the, the name. But I googled it, and that stuff was taken off the market, man. I don't know what the fucking Invasion is doing selling that stuff because it was taken off the market for yeah, few years ago. But you know the chemist of Invasion, I don't know who he is, but yeah, just playing and have fun, and he has fun, and they're welcoming. I think it's are they the best? They're they maybe the best. I think the best and adventurous and exotic, but exotic stuff I find it. Rather almost useless because they're too harsh. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah you'll get big, but you have no future. So what's the point? You know, it's like EQ, testosterone, sick, uh, provirenturnable, GH. You know, it's like it's soft stuff. And even if you take for a long time, it's not going to kill you. And you might not come look like Roman Coleman, but we'll get decent size, you know, with time. Oh. It's longevity. You're talking about key bread and butter products that have been around that don't fuck people up too bad. I mean, you can get anxiety from equipoise, but it's generally a smooth ride. And these are things that you can take for long cycles and relatively high doses and be relatively okay. You know, in Ovasion, they have, they do have a cool line of um, exotic stuff, but you know, between you and I, how many people buy a second bottle of Super Draw? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it'd be crazy. It's very not cool. many, man. It works. It works hard. Yeah, we talk about super drugs. Anyway, so there's testosterone cream, testosterone oh. intranasal. There's testosterone patch. Maybe? Patch. Yeah. Yeah, it exists. Yeah. There's a um, gel injectable oh, testosterone doesn't really work i don't think so no andriol is a is, is the fantasy that a lot of people just can't let go of you know a, a lot of people ask like do you, do you have any um oral test i'm like okay who put this shit idea in your mind because then they show you like papers of how it's supposed to work but in real life i've never known one guy and the cost of it would be really stupid yeah but andriol is more like let's say 60 years plus and yeah you want to have libido function, it could work, but nothing amazing. Anyway, so then there's test acetate. I've never used it or ever seen it. Yeah, but this acetate is just it's just Very to at the Olympics. It's it's a sport specific and it's made to cheat it. It has no credential to bodybuilding. I, I for me, I don't believe in it. So. It's very weak, but it's very undetectable. And if you're under uh, USADA or WADA uh, Federation, uh, tested federation, then test acetate is your friend. And that's it. You know? Then there's phenylprope and probe. Usually UGL will do will use phenoprope in, in blend of test 400 or homemade sustenon. It's pretty uncommon. I never seen someone in my life did. I did a cycle of phenoprope. I never heard that. 
Phenylpropyl. Oh, geez. Oh, that's that's probably not around much, huh? Yeah. No. Then there's testosterone probe, which is a classic. It's a very short ester. If you're not allergic to it, you know, 10, 10% are allergic to probe, you know, kind of give pain and stuff. Often, you know, people who use sustenon and test for blend. And the fact that if, if it's not phenylprope and it's probe blend with others' ester, it could be painful for a minority of it. But if you don't have any allergic, it's pretty good. Pretty good, but I don't like, I find that test probe alone is a bit weak. You will not say that. Well, Unless you're competing and you want to have the less water retention and some kind of keep mass. Yeah, for a few guys, advanced guys, are going to use test prop as a source, sole source of, of uh, testosterone. It's just not high enough, which, you know, comes around test 400, which is probably more convenient for uh, yeah. means of end issues, you know? That's what it comes down to, I guess. But I've always found, like, out of pure preference to make my own blend of one cc of prop and one cc of an enthate, I really like that combination for some reason, you know? Uh, maybe it's a good combination. It, it yeah. kind of looked like the test 400. There you go. So it, it's, it's, it's really cutting. It's, it's being kind of picky, but, you know, test 400, if you want to make it in one shot, very good blend. And, hey, we can on steroid.ca right now. If you buy 10 bottles, you can get it for 40 bucks. So, you know, can you really go wrong with that? I mean, we're all squeezing for money right now with the situation, but who can't afford 40 bucks a bottle? Get together with a buddy, you get five bottles each, boom, there you go. You have yourself a cycle for $200, you know? Yeah. And it works. How about uh, Sustenance? Sustenance is a great one. I mean, Sustenance is more like a 35 plus kind of thing. And Cipionate, that's Cipionate for me, maybe I'm old school. It's 40 years old plus, kind of ART-ish type cycle. So let's say you do probe to play your conservator or as a beginner or in, at six weeks out of a contest. And then test 400 would be 20 to 27 years old that wants to go all in and, you know, one gram, two, three, whatever. Um, and sustenon would be softer, 27, 32, 33-ish. And then you end up with um, CPN8 because it's you know cleaner on the liver function somehow, I guess. And um, then you could uh, 50 use a uh, androgel. You know, I hear the new gels are a lot better now. They've they've worked. Yeah, out. yeah. And there, I think there are 50 milligrams now in pharma. It's pretty good. I I really like androgel in women. It's been studied in Australia and stuff. Blah blah blah. But um, the patches have pretty much gone out the window, eh? The patch I didn't see in a long time, but uh, maybe there's testosterone pellets. Pellets, uh, yeah, I mentioned that earlier. But then again, they're so slow acting. And if you want it out of you, I don't like something that's in you for that long, just in case you try to. There's testosterone undecanoid that has an half life of a month Six weeks. And a half. It's very long. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. long. Yeah. But uh, there's test decanoate, isocapriate, and those are kind of almost like three, four weeks kind of uh, time life. But um, what I want to say is I really, really love the intranasal testosterone. I thought that was amazing. Uh, uh, speaking of intranasal, remember Andros Dion? 
Yeah, a bit, yeah. That's what started off the pro-hormone with Mark McGuire. That they found that that's what started the whole craze of steroids. Well, Dan Duchesne said that the Germans back in the like the 1950 Olympics or some shit like that, they had an androstenedione nasal spray, which made you volcanic eruption during the vent, and it would clear right out by the time you would test. But I would believe that. But <laughs> they said it tore up your nasal membrane so bad that it didn't have even for the Germans who are tough as shit. It was too harsh to use. <laughs> yeah, but uh, intranasal was uh, was made in Canada. Intranasal testosterone. What was the name? I've never seen it. Oh, I don't do that. Maybe we should go to Google to find it. But uh, anyhow, they stopped it. They stopped the production of it. There was kind of a problem with it in terms of quality and stuff. But it was great because olfaction goes right to the limbic system, improve memory, cognition, well-being. I don't think intranasal testosterone really affects testosterone in the bloodstream that much, but in terms of uh, well-being and on girls, it was completely awesome. And, uh, you know, the nasal pathways now, like the, the most advanced term of, of, of stem cells, stem cell, mesenchical stem cell, the one made from the, the umbilical cord, if I'm not mistaken, they go right into the nasal with stem cells and right through a blood-brain barrier and it take out all brain and malignancy. Wow. So really the, 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 the future of stem cell therapy will probably not, people were very oriented, um, microbiome base, but uh, because it goes systemic and olfaction is very close to the brain, they're actually better advantage. Because what happened is like, if you do stem cell in your stomach, if you don't eat like crazy clean, insane 60 days before and six days after, you kind of put like $12,000 of stem cell for almost nothing because the bacterial perforation is not balanced yet, but by the nasal would be more effective, but it's very rare, and that's kind of just came out like last year or something. It's pretty recent. Okay. Um, what else we didn't talk about testosterone? Maybe a long, long, long duration cycle, like eight, twelve, sixteen. I find twenty, twenty-four too much, unless, unless the guy said, you know what, I'm going to compete once a year. I'll do like four months mass. One month off, four months dieting, contest show, five months off. Just going to move here. Yeah that, would, that? yeah, that would definitely be a strategy. It always depends on uh, what the whole picture is. Uh, if the person yeah. wants equipoise, I guess you're not going to do a short cycle. It's too bad. There's, there's no fast-acting equipoise. There was at one point. What was the product called? But it hurt like hell. One DHB, but I think it's kind of a non-ester. I didn't like it. I, I took, you know, I'm not into non-ester stuff yet because I think kind of made people a bit sick or maybe it's a misperception of mine. I'm kind of, I'm not into it because of immune dysfunction, but maybe it's a bias. But uh, I know the future of testosterone is non-ester and very long half-life non-ester. Oh, there you go. It's not, it's not now. It's not now. But yeah, because these little quick formulas, is that going to put muscle on you? It's in and out of your system, you know? 
So unless you have like a long lasting bass in the background and you use this. You need both. You need yeah, you need both, ideally, obviously, but you don't really need the, the, the no ester as, as part of it. That, that's the cherry on the Sunday, you know, when you have all your T's crossed and everything, you know. Just because of there's a big uh, tendency now is people do like a blast but they do a blast once they're very very lean you know let's say you kind of do like let's say a, a 700 sit a 300 from and you're like 205 at five percent once you're five percent you increase and intake very bang there's this kind of a, i don't know if it's a bit of a logic perspective I tried it when I was competing and stuff, and uh, to me, it was kind of adding water anyway. Yes, I gained size, but was it size? Was it water? I don't know. Like, for me, an equilibrium between androgen and anabolic was more, I was more responsive to that. All right. Yeah. Cool. So that pretty much covers the tests, I think. We cover them all. Yeah. I think so, bro. Well, the one no, that the majority it, of people are going to use. If we forgot, we're, we're going toward the introduction uh, of the ending of the show. Um, it, it's it's to me, steroids is not and it's not addiction. It's it's a way, it's a smart way to be smart in some kind of nourishing environment. It's more like uh, I felt that without steroids younger, I, I felt that I felt there was something mysterious that was lacking. And it brings it brings a it brings a man in me, and it it brings a manhood, not something too alpha or cocky or arrogant or something like that. But it had it had break inhibition. It made me become a man, and maybe because I didn't have a dad, so I used that as a as a let's go swim into the uh, androgenic world. But um, yeah, and I have no regrets. I use it for what, maybe 11 years in my life, roughly, more or less. And I will not change anything. I don't know if using more than three grams a week of blend is it worth it or not. At that point, you kind of disconnect from it. You know, I have no regret, but I should have done it a bit younger. Music took a lie a long time in my life. So yeah. How about you? What's your what's your retrospective uh, regarding to steroids use? Just stop yeah, I've often thought about that because I was always so determined, you know, to be a natural, and it was a big decision for me. Um, I kind of somewhat regret. It's weird to say this because I waited so long to have started younger when I was um, the type of person who would wake up in the middle of the night for a meal or shake, stuff like that. And I was insanely paranoid about macros. But even though I was overly obsessive with all that, that creates a different type of animal than the person who's not. You know, the person with beliefs that you really adhere to and live by, it makes you an everyday monk in a sense, and you just never break from that routine. You know, the person who's like, oh, this doesn't matter, that doesn't matter. I just don't find that the level of what they bring 
as a finished product is anywhere near impressive as somebody who's really set in his ways and, you know, he lives every day as uh, Groundhog Day, you know? And I often wonder um, what more could I have accomplished if I had started earlier because I definitely um, lived the, the lifestyle for many, many, many years before I started. And, um, well, you can't undo it, you know, what's done is done. Uh, but I never competed. So for me, it, I don't think it would have had that much of a factor in the end. I just would have walked around younger with uh, more muscle, I guess. But I guess it would have enticed me more to maybe try it out. But I just never saw myself as good enough. You know, I always see, oh, my calves are just too small. My waist naturally is too big. And when I die down, my arms don't look that big anymore. So I can't stand seeing myself like that. So I could never bring it that far, you know. So um, to me, it was it was never a tool to, to, to compete. It was um, always just to try to be the best I could be in everyday life, I guess. Just to be the biggest gym rat, I guess. It's greed, you know. Um, but uh, fuck, I should have tried it before all the injuries happened too, you know. Like now I'm using them with restriction, you know. I'm not going to bench three plates again. I'm not going to squat four plates again, you know. So they're kind of... I wouldn't say a waste, but they, they give me a huge edge, obviously, in aesthetics. And in the end, you know, we all want to look good. We all want to look good naked. So why would I uh, restrict the use now, even though I don't get maximal use in some ways? Because I don't, you know, eat seven times a day anymore. I eat five days now. Um, but I think for somebody who's figured out the routine and has it down, nailed down, uh, I guess after two to five years would be a good time to start, but I waited, uh, what, uh, 15 years after I started yeah. to, to pretty much try it. And at the same time, I discovered clubs and, you know, yeesh, that really limited a lot of the end size that I would gain. But then again, I'm not somebody who can eat the massive carbs to get that size on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, especially now. At one point, yes, and I was natural back then. I still can't believe it. Like I was doing 800 grams of carbs natural, and um, I did well with that. But when I started gear, I just, you know, my because I was partying, my stomach just couldn't take that food anymore, you know? So it kind of had me the same size as natural, but looking way better, you know, with the shirt off because I was 220-ish natural. I got the 230 natural, but it wasn't pretty, you know? Yeah. So what I what I what I could say about what you just said is the importance of discipline. It's almost me. I I, I indulge steroids to find bodybuilding into my. It's like I had to put myself in a situation that you have no choice to discipline to happen, and you you had focus and discipline for a long time, so you transitioned very well. But uh, yeah, me. Me, I needed because I was a rebel and I was anti-authority. And with steroids, I say, like, okay, I have to be responsible of my body twenty-four-seven. I have to eat at three and six, and so that was the advantage of. And why did I compete? I compete because I don't know. Somehow there is something curious about dabbling with pharmaceutical stuff. Dabbling, say how much I can push my body. There is this kind of a curious gym rat, uh, cam rat, cam guru in my head. And uh, I don't know, it was a fun, and I, you know, of course I explore other drugs too, but uh, I really had fun with, with, 
use and steroids abuse. And for me, it was just a, an adventure. And, you know, I'm grateful for my health. And even though I did a lot of stupid stuff, I'm, I'm fairly recovered from it. So I don't think that someone that will use, you know, steroids for 10 years and then hang up, it'll be fine to me. If you're a tough guy, I must say, you know, if you stop, if you do a six-week cycle or a six-month cycle and you stop and then you get depressed and you don't want to go gym and you don't like the gym anymore, it's like, it just means it's not made for you. That's all. Well, that's what the majority of people fall under, though, unfortunately, because when they started it, they didn't have the information and the plan set down. Like sometimes, listen, nobody knows everything. But sometimes the questions I get from people who are like into a cycle, I'm like, geez, uh, did you read the FAQ for beginners? I mean, you should know this and you shouldn't rely on other people to have to feed you this question. Although part of me is always honored when someone trusts my opinion, you know, but when I learned that the guy's only been having, let's say three meals a day, <laughs> he's on a cycle and I tell him, well, did you know that, you know, and they didn't know that. I was like, well, geez, it's just, there's a period of um, pyramid of importance and some people don't seem to value that as much. Of For me, I, I don't really care three or six meal or even low carb or high carb or mid fat or no fat. Or, I don't care. It's like, bring me results. Bring me result that the weight, the picture, the size, the impression, your strength, Bring me algorithm result, and if it works, good for you, man. Some people don't need to need much and gain a lot of size. Someone like Paul Dillon, example. Yeah, they're lucky people, and guess what? They yeah. make the worst advisors because they don't know anything. Like anything they do, fucking works good. You know? <laughs> the, the, the worst coach you can get. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's too much, but someone has too much of a gifted genetics. There you go. I, you better get a sh uh, not a shitty coach, but a, a coach that has struggled with his genetic and really explored the academia of learning about hormones. You might you might get more of it. You know, there's but advantage. There's advantage of being a pro. It's like it's more like I want to be with someone that has an umbrella of reputation, and I'm allowed. I'm acknowledging is. Is I'm looking up to him and I'm representing him, and that could be a good ways if you're. It's that kind of orientation you want, but that wasn't my style. That wasn't my style. But the beginner won't see it that way. He wants the biggest motherfucker in the gym to be his advisor because he just sees the results. But meanwhile, it might be the guy who's sitting in the corner who doesn't look all that impressive, who has all the tricks up his sleeve, you know. It's funny how later on we realized that, oh, you know, like look at Chris Aceto and all these guys, you know, that doesn't look that impressive. But, you know, he, I, I don't want to say, you know, I, whenever I talk about Chris Aceto, I criticize him for always saying that, <laughs> you know, you know. Something really people, when we're here to love everyone. Um, what I want to say is before we end, I don't want to talk about that, but that was fun. Um, I went to the gym with friends and I played the personal trainer, even though I'm not a personal trainer. And I did, we did a, they choose to do a, a shoulder exercise. So the first exercise I picked was a standing shoulder press. With the dumbbell or a barbell? The, the barbell, the Olympic barbell. Standing. The front or the back? Front. Yeah. I don't okay. Know, back. Okay. Front, obviously. Um, 
And because, you know, you're using all mortar unit and it's standing, so there's kind of that gravitational, it's very, like, demanding and, yeah. and it's very straining exercise. And yeah. It's a good startup. You know, you warm up well and then boom, boom, boom. And then I went with the dumbbell and it's, I don't know what's the name of it, but when you take the dumbbell in front of you and you put, like, almost like a, a you know, when you go like this, you're here, you put in the air, it's like... That'd what? be a front raise. A front raise, but with the dumbbell for shoulder. So you go with the, the plates, you hold the plates, and you go very far back and high. So you really use, like, the complete rhomboids of your back. Okay. And it's like, it's almost like a mobility drill. You and, like the drills, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because I lack of mobility, too, so that's why I kind of... Go. It's fucking hard to do though. They look easy, but they're fucking hard to do. And uh, and then we did we did the side raise extension, but we did very very like, you know, your thumbs is over the dumbbell, yeah. and you do almost like straight full extension back. So it kind of put your your joint in a weaker position because you're very far. There's this kind of a torque gravitational weight onto it. It's a good stimuli. And then um, what they did next, it was the... Uh, rear delts. It was real dead, but we did real dead with uh, arms, 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 T-bar row, you know, like Russian, you kind of, you're standing and you press, you press from the, let's say you have your hands near the chest and uh, you hold the bar and you go right up and you push. Well, Huh? Isn't that for chest? Not really, because me, I feel it in my shoulder because it's such a complex movement. Because you're oh, holding, you're holding the Olympic bar with only one hand, and yeah. the other, the other part of the bar is on the floor, and you yeah. press up. So it's kind of, it's kind of almost like a part lifting. But because you did standing, you did the uh, plate elevation, then you did isolation, and then you go to that exercise, it's really like, it's really deep. Kind of have that kind of depth palm that almost hurt. And then we did the uh, walking dumbbell, like, you know, that uh, farmer's walk with heavy weights, you know? That was pretty nice finisher. It was a great workout. But what would be your type of shoulder exercise? Uh, okay. Um <clears throat> I've always been very basic when it comes to this. And yeah, yeah, I, find, I find most people would do way too much shit for shoulders, man. Um, I would tell them pick one press movement. Don't do barbell and dumbbell presses. It's two yeah, of the yeah, same. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, two working sets, I think, is plenty after you're warmed up. The warming up is the worst part of it. It takes a lot of time for the first exercise especially the older you are and the stronger you are. The stronger you are, the more sets you're going to want to do. But that alone can take a good 15 minutes. Um, okay, so it would be two sets of, of, of um, dumbbell presses. I like dumbbells a lot better, although I don't do them anymore because my forearm, I do a machine. And then it would be um, the, that, that, that long 45-degree bench where you can do uh, incline dumbbells press. Glide sideways on it and do like a side lateral. Yeah, 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 those are hard. Yeah, for the side delts, and then I would finish off with seated lateral dumbbell raises to the side. Man, that's it. Not until recently 
Have I begun doing front raises? I think for the majority, people like to do that exercise because they're right in front of the fucking mirror and they got all the attention. But the majority of people, do you need that extra front dead stimulation from all the fucking bench pressing that you do? No. Um, I do them now because I don't do any more presses because I do my shoulders on the same day as chest. And with my weaknesses now with just doing presses is just kind of, how can I say, hopeless. So I do all the variations of the dumbbell raises, which includes a front raise. I don't do any rear delts because I find that they get plenty of work in back and no one's ever criticized. Oh, really? I love it. I love it. Especially when you have rear delt injection. You have <laughs> steroids in your rear delt and you do rear delt. Oh, well, awesome. Um, tell you what, if I had postural problems, I would definitely do it. But this comes down to injuries again. And the last person who worked on me doing massages, I told her, I said, I can't do rear delts. If I ever do rear delts, there's stuff back there that jams up. Then they start, you know, tinkering around on me. Then they're like, yeah, that's stuck. That's kind of stuck. Yeah, so, adherence. Yeah. Sorry? You can do guasha, adherence of the fashion. Oh, I don't know. Uh, all I can say is that I've done a lot of treatments and I've kind of, at, for now, at the end of the line, because, you know, you do one treatment, then you do another and another, then you do fewer and more, you have a thousand dollars spent. Yeah, but it's maintenance. It's like maintenance. You know, when you train for a long time or when you train at big size, you know, someone like Jay Cutler, you know. Yeah. Oh, well, listen. He had so many type of massage just to carrying his body. Yep. Yep. But now, now what I know is mostly... You know, the elite, huge bodybuilder, they use Trental. They use Trental, which kind of bring blood into a peripheral nerve. And it's, you know, it's a good drugs that, you know, enhance vasodilatation at every level. A bit like caffeine or garlic, but it's a drug. So no. it, made, it made extreme off-season or extreme low body composition pretty uh, but um, speaking of massage, Cutler was talking about recently in a podcast that I looked at, he did, I think he was getting uh, how many hours per week? Dude, it was like eight hours massage per week during his... During his yeah, yeah, I believe it, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Because he's so big too, you know, it's like he, oh. professional massage, just massaging his arms like two hours, <laughs> then the legs another two hours, the other legs two hours or eight Oh, yeah. So, um, but hey, listen, I mean, massage therapy, I think most of us like me are going to be stupid. They're going to wait till they get hurt before they even consider it because, hey, it's a waste of money if you don't need it, yeah. you know, but when you get massage therapy done and you go to the gym and you just feel your muscle training, you're like, wow, you know, it's contracting so much better. But um, back to the rear delts, I mean, I've, I've tried a lot of variation of different exercises in the right. end. The thing, the, 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 the only con of, of, message, of massage is often because people push very hard and kind of trigger that that will kind of fire the sympathetic level. Okay. And uh, personally, I didn't really feel it, but it makes sense scientifically. There is those kind of the massage. It was like a machine that gives punch. Okay. And the punch has no sense of rhythm. It's kind of inconsistent and always changing. And because the muscle, the actin myosin, could not anticipate the movement or the rhythm that was coming, it was completely relaxing. So it's almost like the brain receiving a 
a muscle sensory information of confusion. And because of that, it was relaxing. And scientifically based, it's a very hard counter argument to say it wasn't right. To me, it sounds right. I tried it. I didn't feel that much difference, but I thought that was less time demanding to do an entire body with that technique. Is it like a massage gun you're talking? Yeah, kind of. You know, it looks like a... But the thing is, it gives hits, but it has no rhythm. It's based for confusion. So it's a specific machine. Oh, it it's sounds like a TENS. It sounds like a TENS machine with the electric shocks. No, 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 no. It's, kind of, it's like an impact. It's like punching someone, okay. but with different type of rhythm. So the muscle oh. relaxes. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Okay, brother, I think we, we, we did well. We did well. Thanks for your entire honesty. It's always fun. And we'll do, we'll do one very soon anyway, especially if we're locking house isolated. <laughs> what else are we going to do, man? <laughs> we're nothing to lose, bro. We might face the apocalypse of the world. Perhaps uh, next time, I know we want to talk about more drugs, but you know what? I have a newfound respect. I never thought I would say this. For elastic bands, bro. <laughs> Listen, man. Is it good? It's good. I trained arms four days ago or something, and I was beat the fuck up, man, hard the next day and the next day. And also, I did, well, I have a 20, 30, 40 pound, but I did a lot of press downs. You just put the bands over a door, you just grab each side, and you do neutral, supinated, pronated. You know, you pretty much hit all heads, but there's no tension on the negative. So I was telling myself, this ain't worth shit. I'm not going to be sore. Fuck it. So I was doing sets where I was really holding the contracting position and I would go down slowly to feel it as much as possible. But holy crap, that came to sting me in the ass. And day before yesterday, I did quads at home and back with, and man, I, I, I hate doing unilateral leg exercises because it's, it's harder, obviously. But my legs are fucking torched, bro. I did quads for an hour straight here, doing walking lunges and uh, split squats with just that stuff. And uh, the home trainings are not as bad as most people. I uh, think if you put in a, an honest effort, you're going to be able to maintain your mass. Willpower and stamina, yeah. Well, I'm not going to say you're going to make gains off of this, but it, 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 and it's probably new stimulus, you know. I, but would, I, would not do, I would not do any cycle if you do home training. Come on. If, let's say you're on one run of tests and they say we're going to lock you down in your own apartment for like fucking six weeks, and if you get out, you'll get arrested by a soldier. And it's like, no, I'm not taking steroids. Anymore. Well, if you're on a cycle, why would you stop, though? It's going to take you six weeks just to be natural again. So by the time you're natural, the chins are going to be open. I would still stop anyway. I would not stop exercise. I would not take steroids while you're in isolation. Well, I stopped them five weeks ago and I just started back five weeks now. So, you know, going off now, this doesn't make sense in a sense, you know, because I've got my gains back and it only took literally a week. I trained every, trained every body part once after five weeks of no gym and no gear and pretty much everything looked the way it did before. I was kind of surprised. I was expecting it to be longer, but previous breaks I took, you know, five weeks is pretty long. But a three-month break does take a long time after if you start back up. I would never do that again. I don't know how um, willingly you know, you could do that. Uh, me, back in the days, took me five, six weeks. Anyway, bro, I got to go. 
I got to oh, go pee because it's very late now. <laughs> I'm getting hungry. I'm having a baby. My baby, man, 6.30 a.m. It's tough shape. It's jumping everywhere. Yeah. Well, thank you, my friend. Bye, buddy. See you soon. Yeah, talk to you soon. Eric, coach. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks, brother.